so this is Hebrews 11, uh, 8 to 12, if you'd like to join. Um, just give you a second. Uh, so I'll be reading from the New International Version, and it goes something like this. By faith, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, uh, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she, uh, because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, uh, and he as good as deed, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the countless as the sand on the seashore. Well, I, f I felt like that was a good way to start, but it's not my usual. Um, I have brought a game with me. Um, if we can go to the third slide maybe family fortunes so i need two volunteers otherwise i'm going to pick on people is anyone going to volunteer you need to be sitting on a table of at least well, it's only tim tim you're sitting on your own i'm sorry you can't volunteer i need someone who's sitting on a, a table with some other people around them i've got one at the back fantastic if you stay there for a second and um, okay so we're, we're going to run this for all from the back so the, the question is all about gifts. This has um, been uh, researched incredibly well um, off some dodgy website on the internet that tells us the most common gifts that are given in the UK. Um, so I'm going to come to you first. What do you think is the most common gift given in the UK? A candle. A candle. Is it there, Mikey? It's not there. It's not there. I'm going to come over. There's, there's a prize here. What do we think? Chocolate. Chocolate. Is it there? Oh, it's the top answer. Well done. There's no round of applause yet. Fantastic. So as that's the top answer, you get to decide. Are you going to play it or are you going to pass? So your team gets to play and try and work out what the rest of them are. Or we pass it over to the other team and make them do it. We're going to play it. Excellent. So this is the team. And so I'm going to need an answer from you, Joshua. What do you think is the most common gift given in the UK? Cards. Greetings cards. Oh, a card. It's a good one. Is it there? Mike is saying no, I'm afraid. Unlucky. So there's one life lost for this team. What do you think? I'm going to go plants and flowers. Plants and flowers. Flowers is there. Well done. That was a really tame round of applause for you for flowers. <laughs> what do we think? Socks. Socks. Is socks there? It is. Bigger round of applause for socks. Ellen, what do you think? I think clothing. Clothing. Is clothing there? Shaking his head. Sorry. So second life gone. What do we think? I was going to say scarf. 
going to say scarf. I wouldn't, considering clothing wasn't there. Is there anything else you can think of? Books. Books. Is it there? Oh, well done. Oh, the scores have gone all over the place. Um, right, what do we think? Coming, round, coming back round, we've got three to guess. It's me again. Um, um, uh, 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 mince pies. <laughs> mince pies, is it there? No, it's not. Unfortunately, that's your third guess. So this is your chance to steal the whole game. If you can name one of the three things, you can talk as a team. If you can name one of the three things that's remaining, you get to steal the game. What do we think? A voucher. A voucher. Is a voucher there? Way! We've got some winners. Well done. I'll bring you a prize at the end. Did anyone else think they know the other two answers? Perfume. Perfume, toiletries. Toys. What have we got? Number four is makeup. And number two, a homemade gift. Did anyone say that? No, unlucky. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So this evening, um, moving slightly away from fun and games, um, is uh, we have a set of verses that were written maybe by Paul in 63 or 64. It always confuses me when there's only two digits in a year. Um, some think it wasn't Paul, but regardless of who wrote it, God wrote it. This is a piece of the Bible that reminds us of two of the first characters in the Bible, Abraham and Sarah, um, and is a story that shows true faith by a couple who had very valid reasons to doubt. Why can't we have a child? Why me? You want, to do, you want me to do what with Isaac? Abraham is always rightly held up as someone who's faithful and ultimately gifted a land, a nation, and to become a nation. I don't know about you, but having been asked to pre uh, procreate at 100 and being told I would have to sacrifice my son, I think I'd be having some doubts. And I think I might be double-checking the scale in which a life without God and a life with God, but my son would still be alive. I definitely would be having some second thoughts. Abraham, other than uh, being able to have children at 100 years, had plenty of gifts, and faithfulness is one. Um, but he certainly had other gifts to admire. I have a question for you to, to talk about tonight. It's coming up next. Um, the first question is, what is the favourite... Uh, sorry, what is the best gift that you've ever given to somebody? I've just had my first year's anniversary. We did gifts, paper. Um, I think we both got it right. Um, and what's the best gift you've ever given? And secondly, can you name some of the gifts that are given in the Bible? You've got a few minutes. Okay, guys. Um, anyone want to volunteer uh, an answer to the first question? Uh, what's the best gift you've ever given someone? Any volunteers? Okay, one of the. Do you want to shout out to me? Sounds like a really lovely gift to have given. Anything else? 
I heard some really lovely people have given love, and, <laughs> and I, I think that's just amazing. Um, for our first wedding anniversary, it was paper, so I bought her tickets to go and see Harry Potter um, at the Royal Albert Hall with the orchestra playing all the music. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, the teaching point of this evening is coming up, so if there's anything that you remember from this, please don't remember the game, please don't remember the survey, it's this line. Um, our faith should be focused on God more so than the promises or the gifts that he gives us. Now, you may well find that an obvious statement. You might find that's a really common thing to say. But actually, we should be loving God and not the promises of God. And that's something I felt God telling me this week. This is something that I've noticed this week, looking at God's gifts, and it comes up frequently when you look into gifts and gift-giving and the church, um, outside of the church circle. Uh, Christianity can be seen as a transactional faith, where if you do this, you'll receive this. Having read around the topic this week, my reading was nicely summed up, quite surprisingly, by Ricky Gervais. A faith where if you're good, you can go to heaven. Not if you're good, you can be with God. If you're good, you get a gift from God. Or Christianity lost its way when it became a stick to beat people with. Do this or you'll go to hell. The focus that he is referring to is the promises of God, the maker of the heavens, the gift of life that he offers. And I've re seen this referred to so many times this week that I couldn't ignore it. Um, and it's, I've seen it so much it surprised me that how much the outside world can see Christ as a gift giver but can see us just as people that like gifts. Now there's plenty of responses to this and actually if you start to think about it and say, hang on a minute, it doesn't matter what other people think, I know my heart and that's, that's fine. Yeah? No problem. I'm not looking to attack anyone tonight. There's a great response. Second, as someone whose love language is gifts, it can be slightly more, even more problematic in my head. When my wife surprises me with something simple, it makes me feel loved. And in that scenario, I hope that I show her that it's her that I love and not the gift that she gives. Bringing us back to the text, Abraham's focus was on God and not the promises. Was Abraham thankful for the promise of land? Yes, but it was not his focus. In fact, he himself would not inherit the land, nor would his son or his grandson. It was almost 500 years until his descendants inherited that land. Abraham and Sarah's faith was set on the faithful one far more than the gifts of the faithful one. The second thing I felt important to share this week is looking at the fruit and the bountiful fruit that came from the worthiness of Abraham. We often get taught that we should be looking at what God is doing, or where he is moving, or where the fruit is growing. What good things is God doing now? And where are we putting effort in that isn't offering any fruit? I have a basil tree at home, um, and it's, it's an interesting story. Um, it's thriving, and I'm making cuttings, and I'm giving them away to people. I'm caring for it. Last year, I had a basil plant too. Um, it grew tall. It grew bountiful. I was watering it, caring for it, and some might say I was loving it. 
I cared for that plant, and one morning I walked into the kitchen and it was dead. It was just dead. Has anyone ever tried growing basil before? No, don't. Um, it, it was just woody and stalky, and all the leaves were turning yellow, and it was just dead. No matter what I did, nothing would work. Whatever I tried, it was dead. And at the time I write this sermon, I still have that bush in my garden. The few woody stalks that are left, the root ball that's on the bottom, is planted in my herb garden in the vague glimmer of hope that it might come back to what it was once, this great giver of fruit. If I can just find the right combination of giving it water and sunlight. After writing this, I went home and snapped the remaining wooden stemmy stalks and removed the root ball of my now dead basil plant. And I've seen churches, and I've worked for churches, up and down the country, throwing energy into dead basil plants. Money, time, resources, energy. I can see things in my life. <clears throat> Sorry. I can see things in my life that aren't fruitful. Relationships with friends, things that used to be really good and now just... They just seem to be gone. And I think we can probably all identify with areas in our lives that are like dead basil plants. Things we haven't moved on for, or hope that... Well, I'm really sorry. <coughs> I did a COVID test today, I'm fine. Basically, things up and down the country, people are pouring all their effort into, and it's just not what God is doing. God says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That may bear more fruit. It might be slightly out of context, but I wonder if we are ready to accept things when the fruit stops coming, and to accept that God is doing something new now. However hard this might be, but however much we think, if I just continue to water that dead basil plant, it might, potentially, are we going against what God is doing now? However long we hold on to the past, are we missing what God is actually doing now? So how are we meant to go where God is going? How are we meant to not focus on the gifts or the promises that God gives, but to actually focus on him? Well, we're on the subject of gifts, and God gives us gifts, each of us, different ones at different times, and I feel this week that the message I want to get across is that if God gives us gifts, um, and we want to not slip into being Christians that praise gifts and not God, the simple answer is that we should be using the gifts that God gives us. And to answer the question of the sermon series, what makes God happy, would be the same as what makes me happy when I give gifts, is to see people use the gifts that I bought them, genuinely using them. And that's just normally a bar of chocolate. Do you imagine the, the, the difference between me giving a gift of a bar of chocolate and someone giving someone the gift that can change people's view on society, that can um, help people come to know Christ? God gives us gifts so that we can follow his plans to work with him. 
where he is working, and ultimately to help bring people to know him. God wants us to use a gift that he gives us. So if you're a Christian this evening and you don't know what your gifts are, I think God might be telling me to stop talking. This is really for you, this bit. God has given you gifts. God has given you gifts. And you can use them, and he wants you to use them. And we've got a prayer team at the back, and they'd love to pray with you about finding out what they are, how you can use them. But God was quite clear with me this week, and it's a pretty tough sentence. If God gives you the gift of administration it's really it's really hard to stand here and talk let alone it's really hard to stand here and tell you not to encourage you to use that for the betterment of the kingdom or for the church if god has given you teaching gifts and leadership gifts it's hard to stand here and not tell you that i think you should use them to better the church to better the kingdom and the church has a duty to help you to follow the giftings that you have and enable to use them Ultimately, God smiles when we use our abilities and our gifts and our talents that he has blessed us with. And ultimately, folks, I want to leave you with this, if I can get through it. John, 1 John 4.19 says that we love because he first loved us. All that we say or do has now become a response to what God has said and done. We don't do to receive from God or earn his love more. We do because he has done and outdone us. Grace means that regardless of what we do, if we root ourselves in Christ, he has already removed our sin from us. Gifts this week. Do we love the person more than the gifts they bring us? (coughs) Do we love God more than the promise of eternal life? And so many more promises. And a final point, if I can get through that, um, is that being gift receivers, our mindset shouldn't be asking the question this week, how much pleasure am I getting out of life? It should be how much pleasure is God getting out of my life? Well, I'm there now. I'm going to pray as we finish. Maybe you'd just like to say a prayer in your your head to the creator of the earth, to the person that has given you gifts.